From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jordan Kell. This is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. In today's episode, we're talking about the newest installment of the oldest film franchise of them all, Godzilla. In recent years, there have been a handful of new Godzilla movies produced in America, but Godzilla Minus One was made in Japan, where the franchise started. And its story brings audiences back to the genesis of the monster, the aftermath of World War II. Godzilla Minus One focuses on Koichi Shikishima, a kamikaze pilot who, after opting not to fulfill his military responsibility, returns to his home in Tokyo. After learning his parents died in the bombing of Tokyo, Koichi meets Noriko, a young woman who is taking care of an orphan child named Akiko. Together they try to start a new life and leave the life of the war behind them. That is, until Godzilla emerges and threatens the lives of the Japanese people. At Me producer Isaiah Hernandez, Logan Earhart, and Ormond Lois sat down to talk about this new Godzilla film, its unique focus on its human characters, how it compares to other Godzilla movies, and much more. Let's get into their conversation. Hi everybody, welcome to the Godzilla Minus One Roundtable. I'm Isaiah Hernandez, and I'll be leading our discussion. Could everyone please introduce themselves and say what their relationship with Godzilla movies is? I am Logan Earhart, and it's I've seen about two Godzilla movies by now. Okay. And I'm Warman Lois, and this is actually probably the first Godzilla movie I've ever seen, at least fully. I've seen trailers of other ones, but that doesn't explain everything. Gotcha. Okay, then we have multiple perspectives, because I, I basically almost have seen all the Godzilla movies, except maybe like some of the, like the J- Japan ones that never made it over here to the U.S. Okay, okay. What were everyone's expectations coming into the movie, and were those expectations met? We'll start with you, Logan. Um, I think, I don't know what I was expecting, but I think that it was, it went way over what I was expecting. I mean, especially for how small the budget was, it, the production value is really big. Okay. I expected, and I know this will not make any sense, to feel remorse for Godzilla. Because I noticed that's the, that seems to be the one thing that never actually happens in the movie is despite them making all these other characters like Mothra and Rohan or something. Yeah. And it never really seems to happen. Godzilla is always treated as this unforgivable monster. And and to be fair, if he was the least bit nicer, then like nobody would care. Nobody would pay attention. We're only in it for the carnage and the and the money. Uh, that's true. But and so you're saying this movie, like reiterated reiterated that, or would you say it? It reiterated that to me definitely. Okay. Which I mean, is not something I'll put down because it's this is the 70th anniversary, and. Mm. They needed to make a scene, and they also wanted to be faithful to some degree to the original while also making it much better. I'd say that's fair. That's a fair synopsis of uh, the Godzilla franchise. Like, um, definitely eye spectacles. Yeah, I think that this was the first one that really um, went into the human characteristics instead of more Godzilla. Like, he definitely seems secondary. For sure. Yeah. Like, um, most of the Godzilla films have more Godzilla. Or at least they aim to have more Godzilla than human scenes. But I think this is definitely one of the first Godzillas to majority be just humans. Except, actually, I'm pretty sure the first Godzilla film, which this is 
almost um, paralleling uh, also is like that. Um, what do you think worked well? And what do you think worked uh, not so well? I definitely think that the storytelling uh, went really well. Like when um, bad stuff happened to the characters, like you could sympathize for them. Though this is more of like a 2024 aspect. Um, like I know that it's set in World War II and the main character um, is a, a kamikaze pilot. So it's kind of like... Um, seeing it in today's perspective it's not great but i know that it's definitely um a story driving point for the setting yeah i mean the soundtrack blew me away even the reused parts from you know, older orchestra recordings yeah. even that was spectacular and yet the message i think the film was trying to give me is not the one i ended up receiving um, one thing in particular that Godzilla does to mess with your mind, and not merely the character, but also the concept, is that I think we are naturally scared of things that are bigger than us. Okay. Even the smallest bit, but definitely something like Godzilla's size. And we'll, we'll probably discuss the message of the film later in this roundtable, so I'll save that. But what I thought the message was to me the one that screamed at me kind of through the film was that it made me feel incredibly insignificant in the universe. Really? Like, uh, I heard Stephen Hawking makes you feel that way. But that's weird because they don't, they don't have any correlation. Yeah, no, I don't know. I've never met Stephen Hawking, so I can't add upon that point. But definitely um, the repercussions of Godzilla in, like, real life would be exactly what you're saying, like, that is actually a terrifying concept. Yeah. A giant monster show, shows up at any time. It's, there's no defense against it. None of us want to feel small. Yeah. Who is your favorite character and what aspects about them made them engaging? I think I would go for, I forgot her name, but the, um, the small child in the movie. Um, because you get to see her grow up throughout the film. And I think it really helps um with the character development and you being able to sympathize more um, for everything that's happening around her. Um, like, even though she's not as big as the main character, like I definitely would say that she's like the main character that I look forward to. Mm -hmm. I agree. Akiko is probably undoubtedly one of the smallest things in this entire film. And I guess that that somehow shows more contrast than any other human versus Godzilla. The way the way she cries, mm -hmm. it bleeds through the screen. You feel that moment, and you really shouldn't because it it hurts. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, the acting in this film was. I'd say definitely uh, that is something I didn't expect coming into it. I thought it was kind of be kind of be a little campy because it is a Godzilla film. So I came into it thinking, oh, the actors probably you know are saying whatever. This is a Godzilla film. They're not gonna perform like wildly outside of my expectations. But I was surprised by this film. The main character, especially with like all the PSD, uh, PTSD stuff and uh, you know World War Two and his 
confliction about not, you know, kamikazing during World War II and how he kind of has to live on and then get haunted by that concept is um, it's definitely never before seen for me um, in a Godzilla film. That's a good message you just made me realize, actually. The, the idea that we don't need to die because someone told us to. Mm-hmm. If anything, we should live because we tell ourselves to. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that was a conflict of the movie because when uh, they were kind of getting their little militia together to fight Godzilla, they, they were like, we don't want to, we already risked ourso- ourselves to die, you know? And we don't want to go back back out there. What's, why does the military do it? We're all veterans. Those were all like veterans. And um, I feel like that's definitely um, uh, a motif that was going throughout the film of um, what is a life worth? It's like what you said before, too. Like it, going into a Godzilla film, you expect to see buildings being destroyed, not um, like 5,000 different stories being told at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is probably the first Godzilla film where like there was a, there's only like one scene of a uh, city getting destroyed. Yeah, like usually the entire film is like either in the city or like around the city. But um, yeah. Okay, this is a good one. What did you guys think of the creature's design? I think that it was complex enough. Okay. Like, um, Again, considering the budget, like I think that the CGI artists, they did really well on the design. Um, and yeah, I think that it looks really good overall, especially looking back like 10 years from what that Godzilla looks like. It's like, wow. Yeah, the, um, the cry that Godzilla gives, I don't know if it's unique in every single appearance. I'm almost sure it isn't, but okay. this one, was really good yeah i did um, not expect it i um was reading something um and it was telling uh that the godzilla's roar in this film was actually it was reused but they did it by having speakers blast the roar and then recording that and so it was like it was like it compiled the roar together almost like ambience yeah the roar definitely always stands out um it's like, it's like on par when you first watch Jurassic Park and you hear the T Rex. You're like, oh okay, this this is this is uh, it's pretty good. Um, I personally thought the design was pretty whack compared to like the other Godzilla uh, uh, character designs. I don't know. They had these big chunky legs and this small little head. And I was reading somewhere that they did that because they wanted to make it like realistic, like it would have to have massive legs to be walking upright and stuff. But I don't, I don't agree with that. You have to suspend your disbelief for this film to work in the first place. So they should have just gone all out. I think the current Godzilla, uh, Godzilla versus um, King Kong and X Kong Godzilla character design is one of the best. So that was a, that was a point in the film that kind of took me out whenever we would see Godzilla's head compared to his body walking around the city I was like okay he looked he looked like a like a I don't know a tree like it got so like pointy at the end like Mm. towards his head but um I did like how they portrayed his atomic breath like with the spikes coming out Uh almost like uh cueing with the music too Mm -hmm. I thought that was definitely built towards the uh atomic breath and this was uh, on something you were saying before the roundtable, Logan, was how do you feel about the two main characters living despite both of their deaths being set up? 
I think that, like, if we're talking about a post-movie sort of thing, mm-hmm. like, talking about if Godzilla didn't come back alive, um, it would be quite a title for someone who survived an atomic blast and someone who killed Godzilla living together. And I, I think that, that, like, in the a Godzilla-verse, that would be a, a really big historical event. But... Mm-hmm. In the perspective that with Godzilla coming back, um, I'm not sure if it would be as luxurious of an afterlife or post-movie life, um, but I think that they'd still get um, pretty well treated after. Mm-hmm. When I saw that his, what was it, girlfriend, wife? I'd say at the end they, they became girlfriend and boyfriend but they never actually got married in the film they never did okay so his girlfriend when i saw that she was alive i wasn't really sure how to feel okay is it 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 did not ruin my expectations i did not feel bad about it i thought it was interesting but it just it was a real curveball but there are a lot of curveballs in this movie Mm-hmm. especially when you think someone is dead yeah um i kind of felt cheated but at the same time i knew it was going to happen so that's why i felt cheated but if you think about it i don't think a single main character in this entire movie died no i don't uh, yeah and like 50 percent of the screens were like uh, the, the deaths were like off screen like they were so small you couldn't even recognize who it is or anything like that and so i felt kind of cheated like I feel like it could have gone full circle. He was a kamikaze, but now he can actually sacrifice his life for something he does care about. Like, he found his his people he wants to die for, you know? And the same with the... I mean, I, I can accept um, his love interest coming back, but uh, also that is impressive that she survived the full front force of uh, Godzilla's atomic breath there. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how they because they didn't try to explain it. They just said, "Oh, she's alive." And I was like, "What?" That yeah, doesn't make put any all sense. these bandages. Let's spin a roulette wheel. Decide where we put the bandages on her. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure there was like some signs of like she had like radiation uh, damaged her skin and stuff. So it's like okay, but like she got blasted away. Like the buildings next to her weren't even standing anymore. So I, I don't know. But um, oh, and that brings me probably to my favorite scene of the movie is when um. Godzilla's standing there and then there's the um, atomic blast like the the mushroom cloud behind him it's like panning up and the guys on this on the street is in the the rain starts coming down he's going like he's freaking out there and at first I thought it was blood so I was like no way no way they're doing this like everybody who just died like their blood's coming down but um that was probably the most um like had me just awestruck like marveled in the movie mm-hmm. what scenes would you guys say are yours Oof. like that just stood out to you one that can pop in my head the most is like probably um it, it's very <laughs> insignificant when you um first look at it but probably one um the the um the guy shows the main character where the um where the um, jump seat cord is, um, and like a, I don't know. For me, it uh, resonates with me a bit more because it, 
it's like a really big um, plot twist thing there, yeah. but done in a very subtle way. Mm-hmm. For some reason, for me, it was the scenes of Akiko crying. Because it reminded me that there is a protest. They are not a people, especially her, they are not willing to take this sitting down. Mm-hmm. They're not willing to die no matter what they think their fate or destiny is going to be with this monster in sight, in plain sight, no less. Uh, in my mind, I, I was reminded in that moment of... Uh, and I think it's an Onion article mm-hmm. where a uh, guy is trying to convince rabbits that they are going to die. Now, that sounds funny, but in this way, it's like Aikiko is the rabbit and, and, and something else is the reporter saying, hey, you're going to die. And she's like, well, obviously, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it, take me, it takes me a while to realize, oh, yeah, everyone's like that. She just might have showed it the most. Yeah. It really reminded me that there is hope for the future, which, I mean, that probably specifically was not supposed to make me think there was hope as much as other things in the later parts of the movie. But it was her. She's like a shining light in a world of fire. Yeah, I think that that is definitely very significant. Um... That scene of um, when the atomic blast blasts um, his left interest away is probably what I have. I have the most. I have the most to pick about in that scene. First off, when she's running through the crowd, she falls over, and he just so happens to be there. Like he just found. He was like, "Oh, I need to find her. The place is about to get leveled by Godzilla." He just he found he finds her in the middle of all that chaos. She survives the atomic blast. She jumps off the train, lands in the water perfectly. She misses all the concrete, like, falling on her. And, like, that, that I was just, that kind of took me out. I was like, no way. What? Is she, like, she probably had more plot armor than anybody I've ever seen in a Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was, like, the least destructive Godzilla. So, that, that was interesting. Maybe they just thought, maybe the the showrunner behind this movie just wanted us to think mm-hmm. that she's the most important character and that she needs to be protected at all costs even if it bends the will of fate to do so uh, i was going to say that definitely fits with her belief where she's like i can't die i have to live no matter what i guess going back um to a previous question like uh that i just thought of but it'd be quite something to see the aftermath of all of the explosions Mm -hmm. that went off because you know that there has to be some sort of fallout afterwards and it would be quite something to see uh the post-nuclear blasts yeah i'd definitely say this was um in most godzilla films they don't really deal with the repercussions that godzilla brings to the cities and the people's lives but this was the first one where you actually got to see like how it was affecting people, like truly how it was affecting people in the cities and the like internal governments and uh, militias and everything. Okay, I know this is your first Godzilla, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. But for you, Logan, where does this Godzilla rank 
or compare against other Godzilla films or monster films like King Kong? And would you say it's at the higher end of Godzilla monster films or at the lower end of monster films? Monster films in general. Uh, I'll let you open into this too. Um, I guess it depends on what aspect you put it in. Because for um, a movie with story, I think that it's definitely the best so mm -hmm. far. But if I was trying to watch a movie or a Godzilla movie that was more about destruction and stuff like that, then I'd probably put that below uh, the more current ones that has uh, Godzilla and King Kong fighting and yeah. stuff like that. I haven't seen a lot of monster movies that I would call good. Okay. Which is exactly why I placed Godzilla in a, a minus one if not the bottom, very close. Okay. Because as as good as it was, mm -hmm. the message is so hard to to see through what I think is fear mongering. Okay. Definitely if what's important about you in a ranking is the message, I'd say you would probably put it at the top with my knowledge of Godzilla films, because most Godzilla films are just like you sit there eat your popcorn and just watch something epic, like just destruction. Mm -hmm. There's not really a moral of the story. It's kind of just like, oh, this is unfortunate, but it looks cool. <laughs> so yeah, be happy now. Is the mo like what most people leave Godzilla films leaving, uh, like um, with. But um, this one was definitely like, wow, that was, I'm kind of depressed now <laughs> a little bit, but it, it, there was a cherry on top at the end with people surviving. Uh, it's actually not the easiest thing to see the connection between these two things, but something I recently learned is that, and I should have learned this a long time ago, is that Godzilla was pretty much invented just after World War II. Mm -hmm. And it never occurred to me that in the eyes of the people that made it, having just experienced two nuclear bombs, that sometimes the equivalent of Godzilla may actually have happened to them in real life. Yeah. So I guess that's why I call it fear-mongering, just the idea that the makers of this mm -hmm. could, in by that logic, be telling us whatever they remember going through in World War II. Yeah. Like, don't misstep anything or you will die yeah. or get nuked or something i don't know is is that what japan experienced I, it doesn't sound like it sounds a lot like it was not so uh at, at, to the point where we need to be afraid be afraid yes yeah. and yet we are, you know, and, and today mm -hmm. we all face World War Three. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely a possibility in the horizons. But um, so it won't be Godzilla that causes World War Three, though. We yeah. all know that. But it's gonna be. But it could be something that would cause just as many deaths, if not more. Mm -hmm. The initial concept um, of Godzilla is actually it's a metaphor for the atom bomb mm. that and then um, 
Yeah, and then my brother's always trying to tell me that it's actually supposed to be the United States, that it, Godzilla is a metaphor for the United States coming and destroying Japan with the nuclear bombs. But it's that's why it has atomic breath and everything, because it's literally supposed to be a nuke monsterized into a monster. Hmm. And it's supposed to, yeah, capture that feeling of, well, we're, going to, we're being attacked. There's nothing we could do. We can't outrun this thing. And it's going to just destroy the city that we grew up in, lived in, hundreds of people, you know, call home and you'd think a lot of the panic would have died down by now but since 1945 but no it's it's gotten far worse to some people Mm -hmm. and i guess i want to say you could get a feeling for that by watching the very first godzilla from 1953 that was the closest thing to the actual chaos and yet then you have to put up with the you know, 50s movie cliches. You have to see through those like to see the real wreckage. Godzilla, it, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely <laughs> went kind of kooky in the 50s. But definitely, um, now more than ever, the resurgence of an, uh, a nuclear war threat is definitely a possibility, almost like it was in the 50s when Godzilla was created in the first place, with the Cold War starting to pop up. So definitely, yeah, that could be um, a message that they were trying to send. Hey, we, we this is this is what it is. This is how it affects people. This is dangerous and detrimental to society. Nuclear warfare. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that um, Oppenheimer is really big in that fact as well, mm-hmm. where it really drives home like how powerful uh, nuclear bombs are, and the fact that we kind of uh, talk about them like casually now is pretty big. Yeah. Um, at the cliffhanger, Godzilla survives. Do you think that this movie should have a sequel? Do you think it should be a story that gets milked too much and overdone similarly to the main Godzilla film series, like Godzilla versus King Kong, Godzilla X-Kong now, or should it just be one and done? This should be the last, there shouldn't be a Godzilla minus two or anything, and it should just end here. What do you think, Logan? It depends on how well they do it. Because, um, like, I'm always up for watching a really good sequel, but um, it's really a, a hit or miss. Like, um, as well as, as much as you can uh, make a really good sequel to uh, Minus One, you can make it really bad. So, um, like, I would support it if there was a really good setup for um, a sequel. But I still don't know why they called it Godzilla Minus One. Okay, I can actually um, tell you it's because the World War II brought Japan to ground, z- ground zero, and now Godzilla is going to come and he's going to take it to minus one. Mm. That's the concept. So we're already yeah. at zero. We're like we have nothing. We're already war torn. Like at the beginning of the movie when he's walking, he finds his cousin or his aunt or his sister. I actually never found out, but the other lady who kind of hated him in the beginning. And we see that that village, it's it's ground zero. It's 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 all, you know, caved in, destroyed. But then Godzilla is going to be, kick it while it's down. And that's why it's called Godzilla Minus One. Well, I mean, if there is another one, I won't judge. I'll probably see it. But just not in theaters. You know, okay. I made the mistake of seeing Nope in 4DX. And some people, yeah. some people say they saw this movie in 4DX I I cannot begin to imagine how much that would have tried to consume you 
So I'll I'll probably stick to streaming for the next one. Okay. Yeah, I definitely wish I got to see Godzilla in a more um, like higher quality theater. I just watched it at um, Totem. <laughs> and so and it was like just me and my friend in the theater and the the sound system was whack and we felt like we felt like the rain was actually coming on us but it might have just been a leakage like i actually don't know so i uh, definitely probably not the best experience seeing the film but regardless i really liked it and enjoyed it but uh i was going to say something um to you logan um with your response is how would you want it to be done if they made a sequel because i think while watching the film i was really 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 hoping that um the main character would try to get revenge for after losing his love interest and he would try to get his revenge and defeat godzilla and i like the how they did it how they actually pulled off they, they it's like they knew how i was feeling and they had him in the plane fighting godzilla but um and that kind of brings me back to what you're saying, Mecha Godzilla. The concept of mecha, somebody getting in a giant Godzilla robot and fighting Godzilla. I know that that probably wouldn't be good storyline, but I just love seeing Mecha Godzilla in media. And it, <laughs> Godzilla minus two. It's in the '60s now, and they have to fight Godzilla. And they and he's he's been preparing his whole life. If Godzilla ever comes back and he has like a mech suit or something, I think that would be cool. Or like he he was preparing something for Godzilla, or like a team was. Like, that's what it's about. Godzilla's resurgence. Because they definitely tease that there might be more content um, down the way. Mm. So how would you want Godzilla's resurgence to come out? Like, how would you want him to return? Like, how would, it, would he be in America now? Or should he stay in Japan? And how do you think their response should change from just, oh, a militia come to take it out? Um, I think that Godzilla should stay in Japan. And... Uh, I think that they could bring back, um, what was her name? Noriko the, or Akiko? Uh, yeah, Kiko. Um, I think that, like, if... Like, all grown up. Yeah, and I think that um, it would be quite a movie seeing, like, Kiko following, like, um, fulfilling her father's legacy mm -hmm. um, by officially taking down Godzilla. Yeah, that, no, and, that is a good concept, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that that would be a, a really good way to uh, shut it down, and I wouldn't say go for a prequel mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. Well, one thing I personally have never seen in Godzilla Minus One, actually, one thing I don't think I've ever seen in any Godzilla movie is someone having a near-death experience. Uh, I mean, factually, yes, we probably did, but we didn't really see it through their eyes yeah like the implications from their perspective i'd like to reference a clip from one of my favorite uh movies that depicts near-death experiences scott pilgrim versus the world okay the live action one mm -hmm. and scott pilgrim is in like a a world made of nothing and then he's contacted by memories of of his friends from the from beyond and, and and then they try to save his life and then and then he is the one with determination to repeat and learn from his mistakes by coming back to life uh, now none of that actually happened it was all a mirage but 
I want to see that in Godzilla Minus 2. Because I think, uh, not literally that a whole thing, but yeah. something about what it would feel like to be coming so close to actually dying, and then you just don't. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean... I guess that would be more plot armor, but... Yeah, like, um... But it'd still be cool. I feel like, in a sense, that kind of happened to our main character when he was on the island and uh, Godzilla attacked. And he survived, and he had to deal with all his regret of not shooting Godzilla while he was there and also being a kamikaze survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of had that near death, oh, I almost died, but I cheated death kind of concept. But definitely they could pursue that in a different way if they made a sequel. But yeah, that's all my questions. Is there anything else you guys would like to add to this round table? I just don't want to see any more movies that make me feel so down. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, I'm not really sure if that's the movie doing that or if that's how I see it. I definitely feel like um, this new Godzilla movie, Godzilla X-Kong, I'm not going to feel depressed walking away from the movie. I'm probably going to be disappointed more than anything. Because I'm coming into it, it's going to be so cool. King Kong has an axe. They're going to be doing like combo moves against these like um, this like other faction of uh, King Kong apes or something. And the trailer was really actually like insane. But um, it's definitely going to be a wild movie. So it's definitely like the polar opposite opposite to minus one, which is grounded in reality. And King uh, Godzilla X Kong, they're like under the earth, fighting like these like giant like skeleton dinosaurs and everything. It's like Terraria, so it's um, really interesting. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be weird seeing that one after <laughs> minus one. one. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's definitely a film I'm excited to see. Um, I guess with that, this uh, round table is adjourned, and uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Team Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to our supporters of our podcast, including the Alaska State Council on the Arts. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It is a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter, at Alaska Teen Media. Follow us for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jordan Kell. Thanks for listening.